Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast. Today on season two, we're talking about our cultural festival, New Annual. And I'm joined by the fabulous, wonderful councillor Carol Duncan <laughs> as the co-host. Welcome, Carol. Hello. How are you? This Well, this is not quite a first, but sort of is. We have done a podcast before. Have we? Yeah. Oh, we have too. Yeah, but yes. for someone else. This is also true. I'm really well, Lord Mayor. Thank you. You're very au fait with the microphone. I feel like I should be the co-host of this, <laughs> of this particular podcast. No, 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 no. But we are very lucky today, aren't we, Carol? We are joined by the Artistic Director for our inaugural New Annual Festival, City of Newcastle's Kate Britton. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. And... The wonderful, fabulous, artistic director at Curious Legends, Mitchell Rees. Welcome. G'day. 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 You've been outnumbered in this room, aren't you? A little bit. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be kind. I feel very comfortable. <laughs> Our inaugural new annual cultural festival, 10 days of amazing cultural events right throughout the city of Newcastle earlier this year in February, was a fantastic way to break us free and break us out of COVID, but also really celebrate all the different cultural aspects of the city of Newcastle with local artists. Kate, a lot of the work that went into this inaugural festival was your brainchild. Tell us a little bit about that artistic journey for you. Sure. I guess it was an unusual one, the time period that we were operating in. So I sort of came into the role and started the journey, I guess, in late 2019 and was really excited to be back in Newcastle and kind of getting out and meeting the incredible people that are in the city working locally like Mitchell and started to sort of put together some of the pieces of the festival. And then, of course, COVID happened and it was all sort of a little scuttled. But I think it was actually an incredible opportunity to really slow down like many people around the world did and think about what is it that's at the heart of what we're doing and what's the kind of most important kernels of it and how can we sort of foster those and really grow those through this um, unprecedented period. And so in the end, the journey, as I think it always would have been because Newcastle is such an amazing kind of hotbed of creative talent, was very much about looking to see what's here in the city, what's in our own backyard and how can we give it a platform and, and let the rest of the world know about this amazing talent. So it was an unbelievable opportunity, I suppose, to really get to know more about what people are doing here, who's here. And I found that in kind of keeping focused on the things that are in the city, instead of maybe looking further out, as you might have in another year, it was... Yeah, an incredibly rewarding time. One of those amazing local talents is Mitchell Rees and the Curious Legends. Mitchell, you put on uh, Taylor's Run in a very unusual location at our (laughs) Summerhill Waste Management Centre, operational, but also turned into the stage for an amazing show. How did that come about? Entirely through Kate, to be perfectly honest. Um, We were wanting to be a part of the new annual. You know, Kate had approached us and said, hey, what can you do? And hey, Mitch, by the way, what do you think about doing a performance out of the Summerhill Waste Management Centre? That was my response. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) But we went out and took a look at it and we realised that not only was it a great place to perform, there was a lot of will from the business development manager who became the yes man (laughs) to get this show off the ground. And it was amazing. And I I had this great, you know, conversation with Mark. Hey, Mark, can we put a projector up there on top of your operations tower? 
Yeah. Can we put something down at the the bottom and use, you know, the cardboard baler and part of the show? Yeah. Can we use your wonderful atomizing water cannons as part of the performance? Yeah. So it was great, you know. So we started planning and we ended up not using the atomizing water cannon. It, it became a, a really fun project for us. Right about, you know, a month before the show, and then we met the no man. He had to deal with safety and everything else. And and it was a, a, a bit of a process after that, you know. And it was fine. They're absolutely wonderful, incredibly supportive. And when the show happened, I just feel like they went all out. You know, we got a ute to be able to haul, you know, materials around and things. And, um, you know, we got a lot of hands from of support from the staff at the centre itself. So, all up, it was an amazing experience. But working in that space did have a few challenges. <laughs> I could I could only imagine. But it was also exceptionally well received by the community. I know lots of families in particular that just loved the show. They loved the venue and being in local government and being one of the local government areas with a very large operational waste management facility I'm kind of into it. I'm out at Summer Hill quite often. <laughs> and a lot of us that are at council, Carol, isn't that right? Once you get out to Summer Hill, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 One of the first things that happened after the 2017 election is that councillors were offered the opportunity to pop on a bus and go for a tour of Summer Hill. And I, it blew my mind. As the Lord Mayor said, we're all over it because it is such a fascinating space. In listening to you, Mitchell, though, talking about the experience that you had and the Lord Mayor talking about the experiences that families had to come and see Curious Legends out there. I'm listening to you talk, but I'm also thinking about what an amazing experience you've actually given the staff mm. who, you know, as you said, they, they, they loaned you a ute. Like, no one other than us has ever shown this much interest in their space, their workplace and, and what they do. And it is an amazing place. That was one of the things we wanted to do. And unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions, we couldn't realise the whole vision. But initial conversations were about doing a tour of the facility, you know, looking at the methane capture device, you know, looking at the solar panels, which Mm. just blew my mind the first time I went out there. I I do hope at some point, whether it's the new annual or something else in the future, that that can host more art events that tie in more about what the centre is about, because it is a pretty amazing space. It's also about doing cool stuff, in the western part of the local government area. You know, that not everything is focused in the city. Your Newcastle is changing daily and we care about you. Have your say at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. Carol, you have been quite involved in the Newcastle art scene for many decades. You know, you've had a long career in journalism in different formats. A lot of people would know you from ABC Radio. You're now our councillor that really oversees a lot of our community and cultural programming in your role as the chair of that committee. This new annual festival was a real game changer, not just for uh, Curious Legends and Mitchell Rees at Summer Hill, but there were some amazing events and acts through the city. Do you have a favourite or a couple of favourites? Oh, my goodness. There was so much on that all came out of, you know, Kate Britton and her team out of their amazing minds. I think, you know, what we saw with the sci-fi spectacular in Civic Park was, was really out there and really wonderful. It was such an interesting time. You you referred to COVID and the difficulties that, that that posed for the team in putting this on as well. And I think if I think about, you know, my decades of working in creative industries generally, I think often we look at the opportunities offered to be an artist, to work as an artist as sort of added extras, like it's a bit of a luxury. 
And that concerns me because I think COVID showed us really clearly when we all got locked down, what did we do? We all went online to do a creative thing or to learn to paint or draw or make sourdough bread. So for humans to be creative is not an optional extra. And for, you know, I'm so proud that the city was able to support this through such an unprecedented time, keeping artists working even just a little bit, because I think that helped with the well-being of all of us. I've had that feedback from a number of different locally based artists. I know that the new annual in February, the inaugural one, actually involved more than 500 artists, 250 staff, crew and volunteers. And just from speaking to artists locally, Kate, I know that that was a lifeline. Do you have any personal favourites or any interesting challenges to deliver that February event that you can share with us? Uh, I mean, favourites is like choosing children, I think, (laughs) in some ways, isn't it? I I never would. But I guess uh, I've always sort of said, I I suppose, as you said, I think when COVID happened and when everything sort of started shutting down, and I was actually at a performing arts market in Melbourne, sort of exploring projects that were out there uh, when that real first wave of cancellation started happening and we all just sort of thought, oh God, you know, what's going to happen? And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> mm. um, and so it was a real testament, I think, to the council and to the city that the commitment was there and, you know, that I was able to say, hey, you know, what about February? <laughs> and kind of plucked this date that seemed optimistically far away enough. Um, and in the end, we, we were kind of safe and, and was able to keep planning. And I think really the projects that I became Came the most attached to were those ones that continued through 2020. So we'd been lucky to receive uh, a grant from Create New South Wales, the New South Wales State Government, to seed fund or to contribute to some of those bigger local projects like Taylor's Run and like Aquist with Catapults in Civic Park Fountain and like massive bands that happened down at the foreshore and involved a whole bunch of community members in, you know, learning to play a few rock and roll songs <laughs> and, and, and rocking out, uh, all, all women and, and young girls, um, led by Brie Van Rijks. So I think those projects that um, we were able to continue sort of plugging away at through 2020, to see those realise finally uh, in February and to see the response of the community, you know, people were so ready to kind of come out and embrace it and get amongst it and really get behind those projects. That was really remarkable. Well, we were one of the first, uh, almost the first, I believe, festival of any description to go ahead in Australia post the first wave or two of COVID, February 2020. And I think that was remarkable in terms of your ability and leadership as as our festival director. So thank you for that amazing work. The commissioned work with artists like Catapult, recreating the original opening of the Civic Park Fountain was quite uh, phenomenal Mm. to actually see. And I I think they're probably quite glad that it was nice and relatively warm <laughs> because that was some yeah. that was some tough performance space in water on boards up and down they are no phenomenal one is tougher than contemporary dancers i've always said it you know watching those poor people rehearse through winter yeah. you know when we kind of produced the the little teaser video and things was just <clears throat> a testament to them, you know, and then of course they finish and they all jump back into the fountain and start bumping out the staging, you know, and pop it all in the back of the truck and they're off. Like it's It's so glamorous, isn't it? Oh, they're they're amazing. (laughs) I'm always in awe. Absolutely. It's your Newcastle. Access all our services and resources at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. 
Well, we were really proud to commit a million dollars, Carol, weren't we, to ensure that this went ahead from the City of Newcastle's perspective. And we had really good results. We had 30,000 visitors through the ticketed and non-ticketed events. But the good news is, how quickly have we backed up to our original September date? So correct me if I'm wrong, is it September 24 that we are going ahead with our Mm -hmm. second new annual festival? Do we have a sneak peek of our lineup today? Ah, well, I think we can we can probably share a few highlights. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm sitting next to one of our kind of headline acts again, which is a pleasure. Curious Ew. Legends will be back, and um, I mean, maybe Mitchell it. can talk a little bit about the project that's already in development. Yeah, very much. Gimbe Gadigan. Look, I just very quickly want to say though, I think you're being really modest in terms of supporting the arts community. Um, we did receive Taylor's run that was a lifeline in the pandemic, but not just that. We've been able to leverage that. You know, the Sci-Fi Spectacular went down with us to Sydney a couple of weekends ago through mm. funding from Create New South Wales to do a big show. And there's just heaps of projects that are flowing on directly from the new annual. So it's been amazing to see that investment in the arts in Newcastle. Gimbe Gadigan is very exciting. We're working with some of the local Indigenous communities. So the local Waramai mob here in town kind of consider the Carrington patch their area. And uh, we're doing a big site-specific outdoor theatre performance in the Carrington Creek Parklands. So Gimbag Gadigan means friendly mud crab in Katung, which is kind of the language of the Waramai. And yeah, it's all about their stories. We currently have another project on called the Onabagamba Project, which is leading into Gimbe Gadigan. And as part of that, we're creating large-scale puppets. So a, a pelican is very important with their community. So we've just created a luminescent pelican. We have plans to create a four to five metre tall mud crab that will be interacting <laughs> with dancers. Oh. We'll be making a massive stingray as well. No, um, you said friendly mud crab, didn't you? Friendly mud crab. <laughs> friendly friendly. Mud crab. Can you eat it? Well, you know, <laughs> so the other the other week, right, I helped I helped Uncle Warren get his boat happening because as part of the project, we're doing some filming on the water. So you know, I helped him, you know, with funds from this project to get his boat back together. And the next week when I went to meet with them, he said, hey, they call me puppet. Hey, puppet, you know, we, we got a gift for you. And they had this crab that was frozen in this bag. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. How do I eat it? And, they, you know, they told me directions. They said, oh, you chuck it in the pot. You wait until it's orange and you can eat it. And I went home, you know, that night and my 12-year-old daughter and I are cooking this crab. The first time we've ever cooked crab. And it turned orange. And about after 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, Nash, we can eat it now. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, I don't think it's ready yet. <laughs> so I... I texted my, you know, my friend, more of my friends, and I'm, I'm sure they were laughing at me. And they're like, nah, nah, 30 to 40 minutes, you know. They were texting back every couple of minutes to make sure I was cooking it just right. Anyway. Did you eat it? Yeah, it was delicious. Oh. <laughs> but the performance itself is going to be fantastic. So we will have a giant mud crab. We'll have a stingray. We'll be using imagery from their community. It'll be multimedia projection. Yeah, it's fantastic. We're really looking forward to it. It sounds fabulous, doesn't it, Carol? Oh, it does. It does. And I think you t- touched on both of you touched on one of the really important things about why it was so important for council to get behind it in a you know even more uh, considered way through the pandemic and what that meant but you both mentioned you know that that opportunity to create support artists to create work that travels and then in turn, you know, helps support those artists, creates or adds to a wonderful creative economy for here in Newcastle so that, you know, we're able to to still be, the seventh largest city in the country can still be a really healthy arts and creatives incubator to send, you know, create it here and send it out 
to Australia and the rest of the world, which is a bit hard at the moment, is, is really fabulous. It's wonderful to tell our own stories mm. and having uh, festivals that celebrate, you know, very d- different types of artists. So you might have performance artists, you might have dancers, a spoken word. There was a really interesting Indigenous component and some of those works, particularly in the sand in Wheeler Place, were some of the beautiful. first mm. times in Newcastle that's ever been done. And Luke Russell has been a fabulous collaborator right throughout that process. And I know I'm probably like Carol. I'm really looking forward to September. It's only a couple of months away. <laughs> so this is a real, in three months' time, essentially, uh, whenever you're listening to the podcast, it could only be a month away, you will be able to taste the sights and the sounds, see curious legends that have moved out of waste management <laughs> and into the parklands at Carrington. And the parklands at Carrington are looking very beautiful these days and they're not underwater yet. So thank goodness we're still pumping out the, the water over mm. in Carrington, so we've got some nice mangroves and boardwalks and and the like. Are there any other little teasers you can give us? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of our our favourites from February will be back. We're looking forward to welcoming the hangar back into Civic Park and uh, Zachary Watt and and Ella. Isn't he the best? uh, Fantastic. Look, I I I can take no credit for any of the sci-fi spectacular coming from my brain. That is all fingers crossed creative and the amazing crew that they work with. He is an extraordinary artist, isn't he? In in any genre that he you know chooses to play with, it's always a wild and unexpected journey. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next but in the business of entertainment it's entertaining isn't it oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you can't phenomenal you just i just giggle the whole time i actually watched the performance with carol (laughs) (laughs) carol ended up on the stage i I was i was there it was a joy to never backwards in coming forwards (laughs) i I turn around i look up and strutting down the middle of the stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Councillor yeah. Duncan. Oh, I got uh-huh. my phone out fast. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. my phone out fast. Yes. I woke it's, up to that video. It's a celebration that that whole space. I think you know they really the, the, there was such an atmosphere in there. It, it'll be great to have them back. Yeah, um, and they picked on somebody every night. Absolutely, everybody got to do the because you went twice, didn't you? Oh, I couldn't go enough. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere deep on my phone, though, speaking about Zachary Watt, deep, deep on my phone from some years ago there was a a I'd call it a happening Zachary's good at happenings old school happenings and this was a little bit of a happening outside the lockup I've got to tell you the the happening that night the video of that is safely stored on my phone just in case we ever need it Lord Mayor. <laughs> I, look I don't profess to know Zachary that well but I'm assuming there's no holes barred. I no. reckon he would love that video out and proud. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> there are many yes, holes he was. Uh, <laughs> we, we work with Zach a lot. Um, and actually, that show, the sci-fi show, we're just currently collaborating on a grant to get that down to Sydney. Amazing. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so there's all kinds of cool stuff happening. I love that. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. So watch out for our new annual in September 2021. 30,000 visitors in February. I think we had a lot more COVID restrictions in place. Melbourne had gone into their second or third lockdown at that time in February. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed, September 24th, we will kick off Carol our second new annual festival in support of our amazing artists and cultural performers here in the city of Newcastle. And with our old roundhouse council administration building having just been opened as Newcastle's first five-star hotel, if you are listening to the podcast from elsewhere in Australia and you want to drop into Newcastle, you'll be able to book a room and watch the sci-fi spectacular probably from your bed. 
hundred percent. How <laughs> how cool is our old city administration centre? It's they've really stepped that up cool. a notch. It's extraordinary. It's, it's yeah. It's t- completely fabulous what Gasana Board and the Crystal Brook Collections team have done repurposing that building, and that is right in the heart, as you say, of our cultural precinct, mm. adjacent to the Civic Theatre, right next to the University, the New Space Building, next to City Hall, next to Civic Park, and there will be a lot of activity really almost within walking distance of the Carrington foreshore or you could cycle there mm-hmm. or you could run. <laughs> <laughs> We're encouraging people to cycle. We want to have a big area put aside for bikes for people to park. Come on, <laughs> I, I, I think we need a mobile uh, new annual office. <laughs> really? In yeah. Crystal Brook, actually. That'd be Wouldn't that very be convenient. amazing. Yeah, you, yeah. D- you just need the park suite. <laughs> exactly. I think which is the old Do general manager's over. office. Yeah. Take the park suite with a good view straight across. And set up shop. The so, Pavilion of Sand will be back in Wheeler Place as well. And this time we'll have some beautiful projection work happening in, in the evening. So oh. I think that'll be incredibly spectacular from the, yeah. from the uh, from above as well. Yeah. That would be a wonderful view, not only from all of the rooms, but mm. also the rooftop restaurant and bar. Mm. So Romberg's and the Roundhouse. Yeah. That is one of the interesting things about, you know, it reminds you about how we look at the city at night and how we look at it after dark. How are we illuminated and what does that mean for, you know, the way that people interact with the city and its spaces at night? So, yeah, can't wait. We, we might have to perch up there with a mineral water or something, Lord Mayor, and watch all of that. Oh, Carol, mineral water. I've never seen you with that before. <laughs> Tell me, it what happen. is that? What is that bubbly water? Yeah, <laughs> nice bubbly water. <laughs> thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for your amazing you. work. And thank you, Artistic Director Mitchell Rees. You're very you welcome. You are amazing. <laughs> keep producing the work. Keep producing the edible puppets. We, uh, edi- definitely. Um, and, uh, That's yeah, a new market. The, <laughs> and by the think, same token, thank you very much for the investment in the arts. It's really showing at the moment. Oh, and, we um, need very you. appreciative. Well, we, we appreciate you and hopefully we can continue to invest and support you because we just love the work that you and all your colleagues are doing. And that's our job, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're here to support our community yep. and there's no greater buzz. That's what we're here for. It's often said that council's all about roads, rates and rubbish. And, and we are. But we're also about our people and our community and every little thing that we can do to, you know, improve their well-being, their experience and equity of experience. Equity, you know, like taking the puppets out to the dump. Thank you for co-hosting. Oh, what fun. I know. You're so au fait with the microphone. I feel like I need to get some tips from you, Carol. No, you you, you have done an... I'm so proud of you. You've done an amazing job. And I've actually been getting really good feedback from people who will send me little messages saying, the Lord Mayor's podcast series... This is really great. Well, sometimes when I do my podcasting voice, I think, I wonder if this is the right Carol radio voice. Oh. Yeah, not too, like, up and down, pitchy, you know, a little bit Newcastle. <laughs> Newy. Very mellifluous. As Newy, mate. As Newy. But even my kids say, Mum, you've got your radio voice on. Will you stop? <laughs> I love your radio voice. That's what I'm trying to channel, but I'm not sure that I'm quite in that stratosphere but I'm trying so I'll take notes after this okay I'll take some notes (laughs) over mineral water only (laughs) mineral water Carol every time Mm. it was national gin day or something the other day was it gin in the mineral water probably okay I missed it (laughs) gin day (laughs) I didn't miss it (laughs) thank you bye (laughs) thank you that's your Newcastle if you enjoyed this podcast please rate and review us wherever you listen 